Welcome to C. diff, spores, and more with your host, Nancy Kerala. We are here to discuss C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and other related healthcare topics. Now, here's your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome to the program and thank you for joining us today. We would like to thank our sponsor, Clorox Healthcare, for making this program possible. Please visit the healthcare, Clorox Healthcare website and learn more about their products, keeping environments safer, cloroxhealthcare.com forward slash Radio. It's a great pleasure to introduce our guest today, Dr. Richard Vickers, Chief Scientific Officer of Summit Therapeutics. Joining us today to discuss the research update from Summit Therapeutics on ritonil I got that right. At this time, I would like to introduce Dr. Vickers to the program. Welcome, Dr. Vickers, and thanks for joining us today. Oh, my pleasure, Nancy, and it's absolutely great to be able to uh, update you on where we are with our novel antibiotic and also get a chance to talk to you again and tell you all about the work we're doing here at Summit. So thank you again for the invitation. No, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. You, we know how busy you are, and we know that it has been quite a busy year for you at Summit, and you have achieved some really great things. Would you like to take a moment and share a few of the highlights with us? Oh, absolutely, yes, and you're right. Since we last did Spores and More a little over a year ago, uh, there's been a, an awful lot of progress on the project. So we published the main Phase 2 proof-of-concept data a little earlier this year, and really over the last 12 months, we've been working hard building up to moving the compound ritonilazole into our phase three clinical trials. Uh, we've been recruiting the team to do that here at Summit. So now we've got really quite a significant team on the project and all ready and willing uh, to get this compound back into patients in the first half of next year. And really what's cornerstoned all of this is, um, I don't know if you saw our recent announcement, but we managed to secure some very significant funding from BARDA, which we can talk about a little bit later, but they're part of the uh, U.S. government and um, are a major contributor to late-stage clinical development in antibiotics. And securing that funding really does mean that we can hopefully be back into patients, dosing patients with ridinilazole. Uh, in our phase three studies in the early part of next year, first half of next year. And in addition to all of that, we've also published the first uh, bits of data from our small exploratory phase two study, uh, which we presented uh, just a couple of weeks ago out in San Diego at the IDSA Infectious Diseases Week conference. So you're right, it has been a very busy year, a lot of planning, a lot of activity, but a great opportunity to be able to update you on this in more detail. Wonderful. And we thank you for that, Doctor. And before we learn more about the wonderful progress being made, would you mind taking a moment to tell us more about yourself and when you joined Summit? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the company was founded in 2003, which was actually when I joined. So I was one of the uh, very first employees of the company. Uh, I was at the University of Oxford at the time. I held a stipendary lectureship there at St. Catherine's College. I was also doing my postdoctoral research there. And the professor I was with, um, working with, span a company out, and that's what I joined, and I've been here ever since. Um, when I joined the company at the time, I was working on tuberculosis. Um, ever since then, I've always worked in infectious diseases in a variety of different indications, but really over the last seven to eight years, my focus has been entirely on uh, ridinilazole and discovering the compound and taking it all the way through 
our proof of concept clinical trials in man and now moving towards our registrational studies. So uh, very exciting time for me and the organization, really. That's wonderful, Doctor. And yes, you have been with Summit for quite some time. And would you like to share the history of the company with our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. So as I said, we we formed in 2003. So what's that? That's some 14 years ago or so now. Uh, We span out from the University of Oxford. um, And really, it was uh, a collection of academics working in different departments, but all working together collaboratively to try and look at developing medicines for conditions with serious unmet medical needs. And they came together, Summit was formed, and uh, started very much as a drug discovery, early stage company, and then really moving forward to where we are today with our two main areas, which is infectious diseases and uh, rare diseases, rare orphan diseases, with our two main projects uh, in mid-stage clinical development now. Um, So whilst I work and head up the infectious disease side, our other project is looking to develop a medicine to treat Duchenne muscular dystrophy, which is a a fatal muscle-wasting disease in young boys. Um, And we now believe that our approach, uh, which should be able to um, slow or maybe even stop the progression of the disease and also work in all the different subtypes of uh, Duchenne muscular dystrophy is as I say, in phase two clinical trials now, and we're very excited about the science around that, uh, very excited to see the results of the studies. But obviously, the topic for today is our project in C. difficile infection, which is developing ridinilazole, which is a very novel, narrow-spectrum antibiotic to treat C. diff and, importantly, reduce the recurrence of C. diff, which, as you and your listeners know, is really the key on that medical need in this indication. Exactly. We congratulate you on all the progress that's been made, and it's great to hear about the development of the new antibiotic for C. difficile infections. We hear a lot in the press about needing to develop new antibiotics, and Dr. Pickers, will you explain the importance of this for us? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think antibiotics have been one of the most important cornerstones of modern medicine. You know, many of the things we do, such as surgery and treating cancers, etc., etc., we couldn't do this without antibiotics, let alone treating the infections themselves. But really, we've now started to enter an era where we are seeing antimicrobial resistance being a huge issue. So we are now seeing infections, and there have started to be reports of infections that are completely untreatable. I mean, this is really something of a doomsday scenario, and we desperately need to revitalize the antibiotic pipeline and bring new classes of antibiotics forwards. And to kind of put this in perspective, There was a very, very important report, the O'Neill report, which came out earlier this year, and their estimates are that by 2050, if we don't do something about antimicrobial resistance, about resistance to antibiotics, then annual worldwide deaths due to resistance, resistant bacteria could exceed 10 million people. That's more than from cancer. So that really, I think, just puts into context what a serious issue it is and why the industry and academia and everybody interested in this field really needs to work hard to get new agents into clinical trials and hopefully to approval. And it's not just the impact on patients and being able to treat these infections and carry out many aspects of modern medicine, but it's a huge potential impact on the global economy. So that same O'Neill report estimated that, again, by 2050, if we don't do something about this problem, then the cost of the global economic output could be $100 trillion. I mean, the the numbers are just staggering and really portrays the the issue that we're going to be facing in the future. And... uh, 
on a personal level, it's great to be working in this area and trying to address some of these, these unmet medical needs. And our antibiotic for C. difficile, which again is a real problem infection now in the developed world, is, is one of those um, many much needed approaches to, to addressing this issue of antimicrobial resistance. Exactly. And thank you for sharing that, Dr. Bickers. It's very important. And we all know about how serious a C. difficile infection is. And can you tell us more about your C. difficile infection antibiotic and how it could potentially treat a C. difficile infection? Yeah, absolutely. So really one of the, the, the most important things when trying to think about developing a C. diff antibiotic or any therapy for C. difficile is you need to think about the offending pathogen, C. diff itself, but also you need to keep in mind the importance of the microbiome. So that's that complex community, that ecosystem of bacteria that inhabit our gut. And if that's in balance and if that's in a normal, healthy state, that protects us from developing C. difficile infection. So we want to make sure we don't cause any collateral damage to those bacteria, the gut microbiome, those healthy bacteria that, that help protect us from C. diff but we also need to kill the offending pathogen. So really, when we think about the profile of ridinilazole, it has really good activity against C. difficile, but a very targeted spectrum of activity. And by spectrum of activity, we mean the different bacterial species that are encompassed by its activity. And really, the compound is almost C. difficile specific. So what we do is we kill C. diff. We don't cause collateral damage to the gut microbiome. We start to allow that to recover to a protective state and ultimately, hopefully, prevent uh, recurrences of C. difficile, which is really the key unmet medical need here. And when we think about things like vancomycin and metronidazole that we use to treat C. difficile, they're very good at treating the initial infection, but their broad spectrum of activity causes collateral damage to the gut microbiome, holds open that niche that C. diff is so able to exploit and really precipitates recurrent disease and primes patients for return of the infection, which can be a terribly debilitating cycle of cure occurrence, cure occurrence, and uh, uh, really can be very difficult for physicians and patients to manage. Yes, and we see that a lot, Doctor. And thank you for sharing the important information with our listeners. Dr. Vickers, at this time, we're going to pause for a commercial break. When we return, we will continue learning more about ritonilazole with our guest, Dr. Richard Rickers, Chief Scientific Officer of Summit Therapeutics. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products. EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes. Trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? Visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? washed your hands. Hand washing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing. 
number one in infection prevention. For additional information on hand-washing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to C. diff spores and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome to the program and thank you for joining us today. It's a great pleasure to reintroduce our guest, Dr. Richard Vickers, Chief Scientific Officer, Summit Therapeutics, joining us today to share the research updates on ritonilazole. Clinical data um, um, is on its way, and Dr. Vickers, could you explain what stage of development ritonilazole has reached? So this is the first time we've treated C. diff patients. It gives you that early preliminary data about the potential for the drug, and based on the data that we've received and then generated in those phase two clinical trials, we're now, as we said earlier, moving into much, much larger phase three clinical trials. And these phase three clinical trials will be the trials that will hopefully um, demonstrate uh, categorically the efficacy of ridinilazole and that we would use then to hopefully get approval for the drug. So we've completed the mid-stages of clinical development. We've developed proof of concept in patients and and now to go into the final stages uh, ahead of hopefully uh, securing approval for the compound in the future. Okay. Dr. Vickers, can you share more details about the clinical trials and what they have told us about ridinilazole? Yes, completely. Uh, Happy to do that. So, as I said, the phase two clinical trials are the first time you actually get into patients. But before you can go into a phase two clinical trial, you need to do a phase one. And a phase one clinical trial is actually when you dose the drug at a variety of different dose levels in healthy volunteers to really understand in man any potential safety flags or the PK and the absorption and what happens to the drug. And it's that first test that you do in humans. And we finished our phase one clinical trial, oh gosh, a number of years ago now, five, four or five years ago. Uh, we received a lot of funding from the Wellcome Trust to help us with that stage, and we're very grateful to the Wellcome for supporting us so heavily. And the outputs from that phase one clinical trial were exactly what we hoped for, exactly what we predicted, which is the compound is dosed orally, i.e. it's a tablet that you take. Um, it stays within the gut, which is where the infection is, so we don't see any exposure in, uh, in the bloodstream with the drug. Uh, The compound was uh, considered very safe and well tolerated at all the doses. So really everything we hoped for from the phase one was exactly what we got. The compound was safe. It's retained at the site of the infection. And on the basis of that data, that's when we can then move into our first patient trials, which are the phase two clinical trials. And after phase one, you moved then into phase two clinical trial in patients that reported really um, exciting data. Yeah, and uh, we did. So our main phase two proof of contact clinical trial was finished in uh, around like, a couple, two years ago. Um, it was a study run in North America, a 100 patient study. Uh, it was called the Codify study. Uh, and that was, as I said, in 100 patients comparing ridinilazole to a standard course of vancomycin. And really the objective of the study was to determine the relative efficacy of ridinilazole compared to uh, vancomycin. And the primary endpoint for the study was something called sustained clinical response. And this is defined as cure of the initial infection at the end of therapy 
and no recurrence in the 30-day follow-up period. So it's a really neat endpoint uh, that captures the course of C. diff disease, i.e. the initial infection, and do you have a recurrence in that high-risk 30-day window uh, post-end of therapies? And therefore, as an endpoint, really tells you whether you've got an effective drug that treats the initial infection and reduces recurrence. And over the years, sustained clinical response has really become a very well-established and well-accepted endpoint for assessing the efficacy of C. difficile uh, drugs. And actually, the data we got out from that main phase two proof of concept study was, was more than we could have hoped for, actually. And we saw with ridinilazole that some 67% of patients had a sustained clinical response, so cure and no recurrence, compared with only 42% of the vancomycin-treated patients. So an absolute difference of around 25% between the two. And if you speak to clinicians, KOLs, they'll tell you a 10 to 15% improvement in sustained clinical response is genuinely clinically meaningful. So in the context of an early clinical trial where we've shown a 25% improvement, I think that's really encouraging and was a great platform for us to then think about moving into the phase three clinical trials. And what drove this reduction in rates of recurrent... Uh, uh, this improvement, sorry, in sustained clinical response was the reduction in recurrences, so a relative reduction of around 60% compared to vancomycin. So in our phase two, very encouraging data. Uh, we obviously have to move into phase three, a much larger patient population now, but really the data we have to date is very encouraging for the future and the potential for ridinilazole. Absolutely. That is fantastic, and congratulations on the outcome on that. And Dr. Vickers, it's clear that you have a great impact on the recurrence of the disease in these patients. Do you have an idea what it's about, what it is about ridinilazole that it's achieving this? So we talked just uh, a few moments ago, didn't we, about the importance of the microbiome, that complex community of bacteria that live within our gut. And as we said, we know that's in a, in a healthy equilibrium and a normal healthy state. That protects us from C. difficile infection. But when we treat with broad-spectrum antibiotics, we may be killing off C. diff, but we cause more damage to the gut microbiome, really holding open that niche that C. diff can exploit. And we're really just priming patients for return of the infection. And what's so unique about ridinilazole is that it's so targeted towards just C. difficile. So we dose the patients when they have active disease, we kill the C. diff, we cure that initial infection, but because we don't cause any damage to other bacteria living within the gut, that can then start to recover to a normal, healthy, balanced state, removes that niche that C. diff can exploit, and therefore really minimizes rates of recurrent disease. And actually, this has been the whole sort of hypothesis, if you like, over the last eight years around ridinilazole when we first came across the compound. And um, that was what we built the whole project concept around. <clears throat> And it's really pleasing to actually go through all the discovery phases and then the early clinical, then to actually go into patients with this hypothesis and generate the data that we actually did. It's, it's a great translational story. And we did a lot of very detailed microbiome work in the phase two clinical trial. And actually, I'm really looking forward to presenting some of this data to you at the uh, CDF Foundation conference next week. And you can just see the stark contrast on uh, the, the, the impact on the microbiome between ridinilazole and how preserving it is in contrast to vancomycin, which is why you can see that as an agent, you do precipitate recurrences there. Exactly. We're really looking forward to your presentation next week, Dr. Vickers, and thank you for joining us. We are really excited over the program. And 
It was only last month that you reported data from a second phase two clinical trial on ritonilazole. Would you like to share more details about that? Oh, very much so. And uh, as I said, the one we've just been discussing, that was our main proof of concept study. That was the study that was designed to tell us whether the drug could potentially work well and whether we should move it into phase three. That was the Codify study. But we did run a much smaller exploratory phase two clinical trial called the Codify 2 study. Um, And really the concept behind that trial was to compare ridinilazole and the more recently approved antibiotic fidaxomycin. And really what we wanted to do was understand the relative impacts on the gut microbiome of these two agents in C. diff patients. We know how selective from all the data we generated beforehand ridinilazole was, and really we wanted to go and have a look, test against the best agent that's out there to see what that relative impact on gut microbiome is between the two agents. And we know fidaxomycin is a good drug. It's uh, been shown to be superior to um, vancomycin. So really it was a key part of just helping to develop that sort of differentiation story around ridinilazole. And you're right, we were out at the IDSA, so that's the Infectious Disease Society of America, uh, ID Week conference in San Diego just a couple of weeks ago, uh, presented some of that first data, and the data is very encouraging, continues to build on that translational story we talked about. And again, I'll present more of this data at your conference uh, in just a few weeks' time, but it's clear that ridinilazole is more preserving of the gut microbiome than fidaxomycin. So again, really encouraging data. Um, particularly looking at something called alpha diversity is one particular measure, which is sort of looking at the richness and evenness of all the bugs that are living within the gut, and you can see clear differences between the two agents. So again, just continues to really build on that strong translational medicine story and rationale we have for ridinilazole, and further just supports why we should be moving into phase three clinical trials and really for the, the true potential of ridinilazole in the treatment of C. diff infection. Absolutely, Dr. Vickers, and thank you for, you know, sharing the information, and we appreciate you sharing the positive clinical data about ritonilazole, and at this time, we're going to pause for a commercial break, and when we return, we'll, we, we will continue discussing and learning more about ritonilazole with our guest, Dr. Richard Vickers, Chief Scientific Officer of Summit Therapeutics. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. <music> We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. To help support the CDF Foundation, please visit our website, cdifffoundation.org forward slash donate, or call toll free 1 844 4 CDF. That's 1 844 367 2343. Join us in our fight against C. diff and help us continue our mission of educating and advocating for C. diff infection prevention, treatments, and environmental safety worldwide. Through your continued support, we can continue raising C. diff awareness and help save lives. Donate today. Visit cdifffoundation.org. Thank you. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. 
Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products. EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes. Trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products. EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes. Trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to C. diff, spores, and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now, back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to CGIP Sports and more, and we welcome our listeners joining us today. It's a pleasure to reintroduce our guest, Dr. Richard Vickers, Chief, Chief Scientific Officer of Summit Therapeutics, here with us today to share the research updates on ritanilazole. Welcome back to the program, Dr. Vickers. Oh, thank you for having me back. You're very welcome. We thank you for taking time out of your schedule to be here today. And before the break, we had a detailed review of the exciting data generated on your new antibiotic, ritanilazole, in Phase 2 clinical trials. Having now completed the Phase 2 trial, what is the next? Um, what is next for ritanilazole? Uh, so as we discussed earlier, we've uh, finished Phase 2, and that's uh, the first time that you ever go into patients, smaller studies, just to develop some proof of concept, which we've clearly demonstrated in our phase two. So the next stage is to move into phase three clinical trials. So these are much, much larger studies, and these will form the pivotal data set to see whether we can uh, get the drug approved or not. And the plan is to run two studies. These will be much larger studies than our phase two. Remember, our phase two proof of concept was only 100 patients. In total, we're going to have something like 1,400 patients in the phase three patient population, so clearly a much larger scale. Uh, The locations for these studies, well, they're going to be global. Previously, we've done our work just in the U.S., but now we will be going into North America, South America, Europe, maybe even stuff out in Asia Pacific. So really the whole scale of phase three is, is significantly larger than, than phase two and really, as I said, generates that pivotal data set to decide whether the drug can be approved and uh, also to check that the efficacy is there and also to continue to monitor for safety in a much larger population. And really our aim here is to try and replicate what we did in phase two. We got such encouraging data in phase two that really we want to try and replicate that in the phase three studies. So. We're going to be using that same primary endpoint that we talked about, sustained clinical response, so cure at the end of therapy, uh, no recurrence in a period of time after that. We're going to be testing against vancomycin as our comparator in those studies. And I think really we're very excited about the plans we've got and should really give us a data set that would demonstrate that uh, ridinilazole has real potential utility in the treatment of C. difficile infection. And 
obviously in, in terms of the scale that we just talked about, there's an awful lot of planning and build-up activity that has to go on, which is what we've been doing over the last 12 months. Um, recruiting the team here at Summit to have all the various skill sets that we need to be able to run such large trials. I'm very pleased with the team that we've brought in place. I mean, they're ever so dedicated and excited to be doing these studies and really absolutely fabulous to, to be able to move into phase three. It's, uh, it's a great achievement for the team, I think, here. Well, it's also a great achievement for the patients and their families uh, who are on a global level. We know C. difficile infections is a global problem. So this is huge, and it's very encouraging. And with this study, we know you deliver a lot of hope to the patients. So we also want to know, um, are you planning to collect additional information from this trial? Yeah, absolutely. That's a very good question. So clearly we want to make sure we uh, understand the clinical efficacy of the drug. It's very important that in a much larger patient population, we continue to monitor for safety. That's also a very important part of phase three. We continue to, to track that through. But outside of that, actually, we also want to collect a lot of health economic data. So really trying to understand the the benefits of a, a drug that reduces recurrences in terms of the economic, economic impact on the healthcare system. I mean, clearly, we all understand C. diff is such a huge problem for patients, it's such a debilitating disease, especially multiple recurrence. We know that physicians can find it challenging to treat multiple recurrences, so there's that clinical side of things, but also there's a huge economic burden with the disease, especially with the prevalence of it now. I mean, it's you know, over a million cases each year in the U.S. and Europe, and it's one of the most common hospital-acquired infections in the U.S. So it's really important, I think, to also gather that data that says, well, if we reduce rates of recurrent CDI, therefore we make significant economic savings uh, for the healthcare system. Um, and that really, I think, is developing that, what we like to call the clinical and economic benefits of ridinilazole. And in addition to those data, we'll also continue to do a lot more work about them around the microbiome. Uh, we'll continue to collaborate with, uh, with uh, Professor Snyderman and his group at Tufts Medical School in Boston on this. Um, and that's obviously one of the, 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 the unique things about ridinilazole is how preserving it is of the microbiome. So we want to continue to build on that important scientific data as well. So actually, I think the phase threes are going to generate some very interesting data sets that will really be of interest to all stakeholders uh, within the healthcare system and to patients, actually. So a lot of thoughts gone into this. We spent a lot of time uh, seeking advice externally, and I think we, we, we've got a good um, potential data package to come. Absolutely. It sounds wonderful, Dr. Beckers. And another major development was the recent news that Summit had secured $62 million in potential funding from BARDA to support the development of ritanilazole. That's quite an achievement, and can you tell us more about this? Yes, so uh, we're very obviously very pleased to receive this funding from BARDA. Uh, there's the potential for up to $62 million to contribute towards the Phase 3. There's an initial tranche of around $30 million to, to get going, and then a number of work packages through the rest of the program that we're, we could get option uh, on for funding. But overall, yes, it's, it's absolutely fabulous to have BARDA involved. Um, I mean, it's, it's like having Wellcome Trust involved in the earlier scientific uh, stages of the, the project. It was great to get their support and now to receive the endorsement and support from BARDA for the late-stage clinical development. I, I think it's, it's absolutely fabulous for us. That's wonderful. And Dr. Vickers, can you share more details about BARDA and who they are? 
Yes, so the BARDA are part of the Department of Health and Human Services in the U.S. BARDA stands for the Biomedical Advanced Research and Development Authority. And really what their focus on is to try and develop medical countermeasures for uh, a threat to public health, and particularly focusing in the area of infectious diseases. And really BARDA have played a very important role in bringing many new antibiotics forwards that can address both bioterrorism threats as well as potential to treat uh, more normal infections. And they, they really have played a very important role in uh, getting antibiotics through the late stages of clinical development and to approval. And again, we're very pleased and very encouraged to be working with them. Okay, and Dr. B- Dr. Vickers, would you explain to our global listeners the process with BARDA and how competitive it was? Yes, yeah, so the, the, the process is reasonably lengthy. Um, I think that that's because they do very careful and very uh, rigorous technical and, uh, review of the projects and the plans. It's a multi-stage process starting out with initial presentations building up to your very final uh, large-scale technical proposals that you need to submit. We've had a lot of dialogue with BARDA over the uh, period of time that we've been applying to get funding from them and work with them. Um, And yes, it is a very rigorous process. I mean, they, they have a lot of internal experts who've been reviewing where we are. They provide a lot of very valuable advice to us as well. So I think that's an important thing to highlight that this isn't just a matter of funding to get us into phase three. They actually also bring a lot of expertise to the table. And having that expertise added to our team can only be a benefit to to making sure that the next stages of the project go as smoothly as possible. And uh, it's absolutely fabulous that BARDA have uh, elected to work with us in developing a C. diff agent. And uh, again, as we said, very, very pleased to be working with them. Um, and I think it gives some level of endorsement to the project as well, given the caliber of the, the technical review that's had to go on here. And uh, uh, very much looking forward to the next few years working with them, actually. Well, we can certainly chime in with your appreciation with them helping, and we do. We appreciate that, too. And this is really great news. And, Dr. Vickers, what do you expect to achieve with the funding? So, as we mentioned, there's a total of up to $62 million available uh, from BARDA for uh, funding of the project. Uh, And that's split over four portions, i.e. assigned to discrete work packages within the, the, the next few years of work that we need to do. So, Obviously, there's the clinical trial that needs to happen. There's all the work we need to do with the regulators and the regulatory affairs side of things. There's lots of work we need to do on manufacture of the drug. It's a, it's a huge undertaking. You know, there's an awful lot we need to consider. So lots of different work packages going on of which BARDA could contribute to. But certainly over the next 12 or so months, we've secured our first portion of that funding, which is $32 million. And what that really allows us to do now, this is what really cornerstones moving into formal startup of the clinical trials. So this is all sort of all that planning and getting the team internally and everything else we've done, all coalescing now that we get the uh, final award from BARDA and really kicking the studies off. And as I said, this will mean that we can now move into patients in the first half of next year. So really it has over the last couple of months been a very busy time, but a lot of things coalescing together, uh, with the BARDA funding and getting all the plans in place. And yeah, a very exciting time for, for Summit, very exciting time for Ridenilazar actually. So um, we're very pleased with where we are. I hope that in the future I'll be back on this show and updating you further. Yes, we look forward to that. You know that. 
And Dr. Vickers, thank you so much for sharing the outline on the Phase 3 trial plans and the funding information. At this time, we're going to pause for a commercial break, and when we return, we will continue learning more about ritanilazole with our guest, Dr. Richard Vickers, Chief Scientific Officer of Summit Therapeutics. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Join us on November 9th and 10th for the 5th Annual International C. Diff Awareness Conference and Health Expo at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Learn from the leading international topic experts and connect with corporate sponsors and exhibitors providing products and services combating C. difficile and healthcare-associated infections worldwide. For more information and to register online, please visit the C. Diff Foundation's website at cdifffoundation.org or call 1-844-367-2343. That's 1-844-4-C-DIFF. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products. EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes. Trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to C. diff, spores, and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now, back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to C. diff, spores, and more, and we thank you for joining us today. It's a pleasure to reintroduce our guest, Dr. Richard Vickers, Chief Scientific Officer of Summit Therapeutics, to the program. Welcome back, Dr. Vickers. Thank you. No, well, thank you. And it has been wonderful learning more about ritanilazole today and the progress that it has been made over the past few months. Our listeners are going to be aware that there is a lot of activity going on right now into developing new C. diff infection therapies. Do you have a sense of how ritanilazole will fit into other treatments in development? Uh, yes, and I'm very happy to talk about this, and I, I'll say why. I think in the time that I've been doing C. diff, so that's, what, seven, eight years now, I've just noticed a huge increase in the amount of research and activity going on uh, in C. difficile to develop new therapies. And I think that really reflects the recognition of the impact that C. difficile now has, you know, the the huge increase in global burden since the early outbreaks in in North America and Canada in the uh, late 1990s, early 2000s. I've just seen an explosion, actually, in different ways that we can tackle this disease. And people are doing things such that, uh, like Summit, are developing new antibiotics. We also have approaches where people are trying to develop vaccines. We also can think about things like addressing the toxins that C. diff produces that actually um, 
and cause the, the, the symptoms of C. difficile infection. And also we have a lot of activity, exciting activity around sort of fecal transplant, fecal microbiota transplant type approaches. So really I think what I'm seeing out there now in the landscape is multiple approaches, lots of very high quality science going on. I think what we will see in the future as these, these various approaches move through the stages of clinical trials that we talked about, I think we're actually going to arrive at a situation in the coming years. How long that will be, we'll have to wait and see, but certainly where we'll have multiple therapy options to treat different types of patients with C. difficile infection. And I think it will be, in my mind anyway, it would be great to be able to see physicians having these various treatment options to hand and not having to use uh, non-specific antibiotics like vancomycin and metronidazole that should really be used for other infections, but having truly C. diff designed therapies. And I think that's something that uh, I'm very, very encouraged about. And obviously, when we think about the patient population, then I think different approaches are suitable for different patients. And certainly, I think antibiotic approaches are, are very useful in that frontline treatment setting. When you're looking to treat those poor individuals who have multiple recurrences, then various approaches to look to rebuild the microbiome, so actually taking the idea of fecal transplants but moving it on to a much more designed and rational approach I think is great. I think vaccines hold potential as well for the future. And of course, actually, we've just seen the first uh, approval uh, in a number of years now, since 2011, from Merck with Bezlatoximab. Um, and it's great to see that get approved and to see the, the data for it. And that's a monoclonal antibody directed against one of the toxins that C. diff produces that you use in conjunction with standard of care antibiotics uh, to help prevent recurrences. So we are starting to see that new wave of approaches coming through development and, and actually being available to patients. So I, I do really think it's a very exciting time for C. diff and it's great to actually be part of the community uh, to trying to come up with, with novel approaches and therapies to address what is really a, a pretty horrible disease with a clear medical need. Yes, and you are so right about that. And thank you, doctor. And what about the regulators such as the FDA and what involvement have you had with them to date? So obviously it's very important that we communicate with the regulators all the way through. I mean, it's absolutely imperative that we continue to discuss our plans with them and discuss data We've spoken with groups like the FDA. We've also spoken to EMA in Europe, but also a lot of regional level uh, uh, across Europe as well. And actually, those interactions are very important for us because it really uh, helps make sure that we're doing the right things, uh, making the right assessments and generating the right data that those groups need to be able to decide if the drug can be approved or not eventually. Um, and actually, we found those interactions to be nothing but extremely informative, constructive, and helpful. Um, and that's really uh, very useful to us in helping to shape our plans and our thoughts on what we would like to do. So very encouraging the, uh, to date on that side. And also, we've got to remember that it's not just advice around the program and what we need to do and what their thoughts are on our development plans, but also there are various regulatory incentives now for new antibiotics, uh, in particular qualified infectious disease product status which we have which gives you a variety of benefits to develop antibiotics against these key pathogens of concern such as additional years of market exclusivity, 
fast track, priority review. So obviously capitalizing on those incentives out there for, for antibiotics. And as I said, I, I think the interactions we've had over the years have been nothing but constructive, helpful, and uh, very encouraging for us. And Dr. Vickers, we thank you so much for that. And do you have any closing comments you'd like to share before we close the program today? Well, I think the thing I would like to say, and I kind of mentioned this a couple of times, and I've obviously done work for the CDIF Foundation on and off for a number of years now, including being on Spores and More, including attending your conference and getting the opportunity to present there. And really, I've got to say, I'm very much looking forward to continuing that interaction. I think the work that you and the foundation have done is is absolutely fabulous. It's it's so important that we do raise the awareness and the understanding of C. diff infection. You know, it's uh, often with infectious diseases, you, you don't get quite the same sort of patient networks, if that's the right phrase, that you might for other diseases. But I think the fact that you are doing this in C. diff and the progress you've made, uh, and you were just telling me just offline now, the numbers of people listening to this show is, is absolutely fabulous. And I'm very looking forward to being out, I can't believe it's next week, is it next week, uh, in Las Vegas to present mm-hmm. at the conference. Uh, I think I was having a look at the list of speakers the other day, and you really have got some very impressive names in there. So, uh, yeah, very, very happy to be working with you and very happy to continue supporting the, the CEDA Foundation over the coming years. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Vickers, and we feel the same about you and your colleagues at Summit Therapeutics, and we want to thank you for being here with us today and in the past and in the future. We can't wait to have you back and for sharing the important information about the research and progress on ritonilazole with our global listeners. You've proved, um, provided a wealth of information and so much hope for our patients, for the patients suffering with C. difficile infections, for their families and fellow healthcare providers um, who join us each week and join us today. So we thank you and Summit Therapeutics for your continued dedication. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure, absolute pleasure. Well, thank you. We're looking forward to seeing you next week. And we thank everyone for joining us today on C. diff spores and more. We especially want to thank all of our guests who have joined us this year, season three, to discuss C. difficile infection prevention, treatments, clinical trials, research, and environmental safety products, and so much more. An extra special thanks goes out to our global listeners tuning in every Tuesday. We are going on a short break after today, and we wish everyone a happy holiday season season that is not far away and we look forward to season four when we return on tuesday january 9th 2018 once again we thank our official sponsor clorox healthcare for making this program possible please visit their website cloroxhealthcare.com forward slash cdiff radio and the fifth annual conference is next week the annual cdiff awareness Conference and Health Expo is taking place on November 9th and 10th in Las Vegas, Nevada. We thank our sponsor, our diamond sponsor, Synthetic Biologics, and we also thank all of our our honored speakers and our sponsors, exhibitors joining us at the educational conference this year. For additional conference additional conference information and to register, please visit the CEDA Foundation's website, cedafoundation.org. Before closing the program, we also want to take our opportunity to acknowledge all of the organizations around the globe who have, who have dedicated 
to improving health, these organizations and professionals are researching and developing new products to address C. difficile infection prevention and treatments. For more information focused on C. difficile infection prevention and treatments in clinical trials, and to learn more about how you may be able to take part in a clinical trial, please visit the C. Diff Foundation's website, click on Clinical Trials in Progress. Please help them to help you to help others. We send out our get well wishes to all the patients being treated and recovering from a C. difficile infection and the many wellness draining illnesses being combated across the globe. I'm your host, Nancy Corrala, with one reminder, none of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together. We wish you good health and a good day. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in this week for C. diff, spores, and more. Be sure to join your host, Nancy Kerala, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 1 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of our program on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. None of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together. together.